All right, well, we want to welcome you to the Going Places podcast, Camden Clark Hill, uh, January 31st episode, and today we have a special guest with us. Uh, you know, of course, politics is something we cover extensively on this show, and especially about, you know, getting young people involved in politics, uh, especially in the Republican Party and things like that, and we have somebody who I think is uh, doing a very good job of that right now. Uh, he is the founder of the 5th District Republic. I mean, excuse me, 4th District Republicans. Uh, he's a political analyst and is very involved in the politics, not just in our state, but uh, all over the country. Porco Malfus, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Camden. I'm excited to be with y'all. Absolutely. So uh, tell me, how did you kind of begin this journey of yours with uh, getting involved in the politics, especially as a somebody that's younger, and uh, where did that uh, interest come from, and how did you kind of navigate that? Well, absolutely. So um, I started off kind of my political journey in, in 2020, right? So that was the year that pretty much everybody wants to forget, the year of lockdowns and everything. Um, and so I just had started, and I gained a real interest in politics thing as there was a lot of uh, big money, out-of-state money being spent in here, uh, in our state specifically for that Senate race. And uh, so I really wanted to get involved in that way because I was, you know, concerned uh, of losing our, our Republican senator to a, a very liberal senator that uh, that we could have had. And thankfully we don't. Um, now, of course, he's chairman of the uh, Democrat National Committee. Um but I started there working for volunteering for Senator Graham and then volunteering for the victory side of the Republican Party in the upstate. And that kind of started my journey. I, I would have never thought, you know, 10 years ago I would have been involved in politics. But, you know, I guess it, I guess it just finds a way to, you know, let people know. And uh, I really, you know, it really wasn't just a sign. It was really just seeing what was going wrong in the country and wanting to jump in and do my part to help fix things. And I believe the Republican Party is the party that, that can that can real, affect real change in the country, and that, that's the party that I'm a part of. Well, that is awesome. So you've got this group that uh, you're heading right now, uh, 4th District Republicans. Tell me about that organization and just exactly what they, they're involved with, what exactly they do, and kind of what steps you take in the political world. Right. So definitely. So I had uh, found out about Teenage Republicans, which is a nationwide group throughout the United States. I found out about uh, that group around sometime in the summer of last year. And um, I, I contacted our local um, Republican leader, um, chairman, about you know potentially starting up the 4th District Teenage Republican Club uh, or Teenage Republicans. And so I really just wanted to get teenagers involved because they're um, is the young Republicans, there's the college Republicans, but I never knew of and never, uh, really was able to find a teenage Republican group that I could be involved in, uh, at least in, in my part, of, at least in my part of the state where I live. And so I really wanted to stay, you know, get involved, but get other teenagers involved. So I approached him, our chairman, about that, and uh, really wanted to start this group. So I started the uh, Fourth District Teenage Republicans back. In August, we're slowly growing. It is a very slow process, but I have a lot of um, support from from uh, especially members of the party who have been uh, longtime members of the party working uh, in the upstate of South Carolina. But I really want to get teenagers involved, make sure that they know because obviously they can't vote yet. But when they turn eighteen and they can vote, I want to make sure that they 
uh, exercise that right and that they know who the candidates are and know why the Republican Party is, is so important to us and why we really, you know, want to get these teenagers involved because, um, you know, in, in the coming uh, years, the teenagers are going to be the ones that have to rise up to the occasion and have to go vote or, you know, and, have, and maybe even have to run for office. And so I think that that's something we really have to educate teenagers on and making sure because there's a lot of a lot of teenagers that I know personally that message me. They're like, you're involved. Why should I be involved? Why should I vote? Does my vote count? And yes, it does. It's really important to be involved. Yeah, that's awesome. And I cannot agree more with that because I feel like, especially with what you said about these are the people that in really not very long of a time at all, they are going to be a very influential class of voters that are really deciding elections in a lot of uh in a lot of situations. So I think it's very important for that. And not only that, but you know, it is kind of a battle sometimes, uh, making sure that we have good policy, uh, and making sure that our leaders and our representatives are representing us well and our uh beliefs and things like that. So I think it's very important that, you know, as time goes on and as this generation becomes more prominent that we are getting involved with things like that. So that's, you know, that's, that's what I'm all about. That's what I've, you know, been all about, you know, since I kind of started my things as well. I think it's very important for that. Uh, another thing, you know, if I could just share something like for me, it's kind of weird because I started, I don't know, just growing up, I loved history. I loved America. I loved my state. Loved all of that things. So, you know, politics was kind of, you know, something that maybe I didn't quite understand all the in and outs of it until just a few years ago, but I definitely had an interest in it. I knew what was going on. I mean, I remember the 2012 election, uh, and we had the primary in South Carolina. I remember that. I remember knowing about it. I was, you know, five, six years old at that time, but I just knew about it. And then kind of around, you know, 2018, 2019, 2020, things like that, uh, kind of especially leading up to, uh, the election, both the presidential election and the Senate election we had. I really got uh, passionate about that, and um, I really knew it was something I wanted to be involved with, and I had an opportunity to, uh, well, at the time, I, you know, for the first time, getting to meet, you know, some of my representatives in Washington and in Columbia and things like that. And uh, I think that's when I really realized that I had a passion for it and a calling, and that's what I wanted, you know, to do on some scale. Because I met... Um, Met Ralph Norman, who's, uh, if you're listening, that's the 5th District in the uh, South Carolina, that represents South Carolina's 5th District in the House of Representatives. And uh, I met him when he ran originally. And then I got back in touch with him, got to, you know, be involved with him and have him on the show. But also, really getting involved in kind of the local level and the state level, too. You know, I was very involved with some uh, local elections we have, but also uh, some state house elections and getting to be on some campaigns with that, get into moderated debate for that election and just things like that that I really feel like was just a good experience. Right, yeah, that definitely is. And uh, I'm with you on the patriotism thing. I mean, I see so many teenagers now that just, you know, really almost, and I hate to use the word hate, but I mean, it almost seems like they hate the country. And it's like, I, you know, I love this country. I love everything that, that we stand for as a country. I mean, there are days that, I do worry about the country as, you know, we've got leaders who unfortunately sometimes don't uh, make all the right decisions in, in my mind. But, 
you know, it is it is something that we still should be very proud of our country, and we should always um, always have a love for our country and love for our history because you know that that's how we're here today. Absolutely, I think uh, I think it's kind of it not they they almost perceive it as not a good thing to think well of our founding fathers and to want to uh, do things the way they would have wanted and to follow the Constitution and things like that. But if we don't do that, then we're really not America at that point because we have guidelines in the Constitution that are very clear about what America is. And I think when you have that, and with all this talk about the Constitution and uh, democracy and things like that, but you have many people, maybe not with our beliefs, but many people who aren't really for the Constitution, if they're honest, and really aren't for democracy, if they're honest, but they kind of use that as a pinwall. Right. Yeah, I de- definitely, definitely agree. There are people who, who definitely do that. Um, but yeah. Absolutely. So one thing I want to ask you about is uh, stay of South Carolina. Now, me personally, I feel like we're very blessed, you and I, to live in South Carolina, well, I feel like we have a great governor. We have a great uh, state general assembly, a uh, great lieutenant governor, and that are really pushing ideas because we are a state, and that's where kind of the relationship between the state government and your federal government kind of collide and come into. So, tell me about uh, you know you went to the state of the state address a couple nights ago, which I thought was very great. Uh, you know, you're involved with the governor, and lieutenant governor, and the that administration and all that. Talk to me a little bit about some of your work with that. So definitely. So I've been, um, you know, I've, I've gone down and, and, you know, and just for your listeners too, um, you know, your, your ability to go down to the state house and, and meet with your members is, is, you know, your, your option to do that. And that's absolutely good for you to do to meet your representatives and talk to them in Columbia. And even in DC, I know that I heard recently that uh, the house is back open to the public um, as I heard recently, but um, I'm not directly involved with any any kind of you know administration in Colombia. Um, but I you know I know a lot of the members of General Assembly. I know that you know you know some of them as well, and have worked uh, on campaigns with them as well. But you know I think a lot of people can tend to just kind of brush off the Colombia side of things and think that it's not important that the job the General Assembly does. I mean I think that if you ask, probably I would say maybe even seventy five percent of you know constituents throughout the state of south carolina a lot of them probably would not know who their state representative state senators are and i think that that's a concern for me because those people uh affect make a lot of changes their their ability to make a lot of changes is uh really great and it's a great opportunity for you to voice your opinions to them and again there are the there are the things that you know federal government does and there's the separation between uh, the federal and state government of course but I think that, um, you know, the governor, speaking on the state of state address, he highlighted a lot of things that are going great. And economically, we're in a great spot in South Carolina. Uh, our veterans, um, I know that Governor McMaster just signed a, I believe, a state income tax, uh, no more for the veterans, which I really applaud coming from, uh, you know, a family who has a long line of veterans. Mm-hmm. And I think that Governor McMaster, uh, with our, his leadership and the leadership of the members of the General Assembly, I think that as a state, uh, we, we really couldn't, honestly, in my opinion, ask for some better leaders because I think that they're doing amazing right now. Absolutely. I think we really we really are blessed and we just have some great leaders. I think one thing, too, um, I think it's kind of easy to kind of get down and 
when you see some things that are going on in Washington. But just like, you know, McMaster has said, you know, what's going on there isn't going to happen here. So I think when you look at, you know, what he's done with the economy, South Carolina, generally speaking, we have a, the economy is going very well right now thanks to that. And we have a lot of tourism that's coming in. We have a lot of people who are coming from other states that are wanting to move in South Carolina. And those are good things. And I think we have, you know, when you look at a lot of different issues, regardless of what, you know, I think everybody has a couple different issues that are really important to them. And I think they handle it very well. But, I mean, you're right. I mean, we, a lot of people probably aren't aware of the representatives in the state house and senate. I think, you know, we, when we went to uh, house, or, house reorganization and you really get to see the process, it's really interesting. You see the way they elect the speaker, uh, they uh, designate committees, things of that nature, you know, swear everybody in. And uh, that's where they really get to work for our state, and that, that really has a big impact on us. But I think South Carolina is going in a great direction right now, both economically, uh, with just, you know, we, we, we are a state that still has a lot of agriculture in it as well, and I think that's going well. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I live in South Carolina. Right. I, oh, trust me, I am too. I think, I think every day I have a lot of friends who are like, you know, you ever think about leaving? And I'm like, no, I, I mean, I love this state. And I love everything that you stand for. I mean, and and really economically speaking, everything else speaking, I and mean, we're doing really good. I I don't I would never really want to leave. Just me, but um. Hello. Yeah, I'm still here. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think that uh. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that we, we, we definitely have it well. So let me ask you, when you, uh, one thing that I really appreciate and that I seem to see from you is that, you know, you know how to uh, interact with people, uh, networking. That's something that's really important with politics, especially when you're wanting to uh, really be involved in, in what's going on and at least know about what's going on. So I think that's a big thing. That's something that I'm really uh, that I really talk about a lot is the importance of uh, networking and, you know, meeting people and just having conversations with that. And I know you've, you know, met a lot of people. Uh, wouldn't you say that's an important part of it? Yeah, I absolutely think so. And I have a lot of people that ask me, you know, on a, on a daily basis almost, um, you know, kind of how, how, how do you get the opportunity to meet people? And honestly, you know, I just say go to your local uh, GOP, uh, well, Mostly, mostly you can go to your local GOP, uh, but our state has, you know, a few groups that um, I won't really get into that, but it's, it's kind of a, anyway, so, um, but just go to your GOP, attend the events, uh, you know, meet the speakers. I mean, I've met, you know, I mean, I mean, you can meet your sheriff, you can meet your county council, your city council, uh, your state rep, state senators. I mean, your, your U.S. Congress or your senator or governor might even be there at that event. Um, but just just be informed about those events because those events are, are really really cool and important. I mean that's pretty much how I got my start. I mean I remember uh, the first event I went to was back in October I believe of 2020, one of the first political events I ever attended, um, and I met a county councilman in, in, in Greenville, and then I also met um, our lieutenant governor happened to be there. And I met her and got a picture with her, and so that's really networking. Those really important. Just having a good conversation with them. And I tell you what, the South Carolina, I mean, our, you know, if you ever meet our lieutenant governor, you'll, yeah. you'll be amazed because she's just, 
like wow. the nicest person, most down to earth. Like she'll have a absolutely conversation with you, just no problem. I mean, she's just a great person, so she's definitely one to to talk to. Yeah, she's great. Uh, you know, I've gotten to meet her a couple times now, I think, and she's just. I remember the first time I met her, she was just. I was blown away by how uh, she didn't seem, you know, too busy to speak to people. She was out talking and shaking hands and uh, really wanting to hear from other people. So I thought that's always great. But I know exactly what you're talking about. I have people ask me a lot, you know, how you meet people, how you uh, get around them. And I tell them it's really not difficult. You know, I think if you just have, you know, I think it, I think it does take, you know, uh, ambition. I think you have to want to do it. I think it takes social skills. But, I mean, really past that. You know, it's just about being involved in your community, and that doesn't have to be in Columbia. That doesn't have to be in Washington. That has to be, you know, and you know, three blocks of where you live. You can. That's your community. And I think just getting involved with that and getting around in the people that uh, are really important factors of that community. I think that's what uh, really matters. So right. I think that's great. Like my my whole thing is that you know if you're if if you want to meet your your pub. Uh, your public servant, uh, which is which is what they're supposed to do, and and they're they should talk to you. And if they don't, then I've always had a problem if, if somebody's not ever talked to me and they're like the public official. I made a shot to talk to them, and you know because I mean that that is their job. They're supposed to communicate with uh, their own constituents. And you know I appreciate uh, our congressional delegation is very communicative, and, and our state assembly and everybody uh, that I've pretty much met in the state is very, very much uh, on the level of good communication with, with me. And I know that with you, uh, you've met a lot of people as well. So I just think that that, that's a key, key part and, uh, make sure they talk to you. Absolutely. So one thing, uh, speaking of which I saw where you got to meet the former governor of South Carolina, who now, uh, is in charge of the food, world food program for the United Nations. And he also won the Nobel prize a couple of years ago. Talk to me about that interaction. That was a very unique interaction, actually. So um, his name was Governor David Beasley. He was governor. I don't know exactly the time. 90s. I think it was back in the 80s, maybe. Yeah. Um, and I could be wrong about that, but I know that it was it was around there. And um, anyway, so he hadn't been governor for a while. He was a very young governor. And um, but then, of course, he was beat by, uh, by former Governor Jim Hodges, who was the last uh, governor that was a Democrat that we've ever had in the state. So that's pretty remarkable. Just want to make that point because yeah. I mean, it's been 20 years since we've had Governor Hodges. And, um, and so I just think that's pretty great as a state. But um, Governor Beasley was a very kind person. I went to the, um, it was a church service for the governor, you know, prayer service before the inauguration stuff happened. And um, I ended up walking outside with some, with a friend of mine from Spartanburg. And, um, and I saw Governor Beasley's side, you know, just went up and I respectfully waited and, and then had a good, really good conversation with him about foreign policy, the World Food Program. I've been a big uh, advocate for a while on foreign policy, just to educate people on that. And it's such an important issue. And I appreciate the work that he's done uh, at the World Food Program. It's such an important uh, position there. And I think that he's uh, done a great job. I hate steam leave, but, um, but he's done a real good job. Absolutely. I think that's awesome. And one, that is one thing I want to ask you about is foreign policy, because I know that I know that is something that uh, is really important to you. So maybe talk a little bit about the importance of foreign policy and maybe uh, your stance on some things like that and how we should handle that. Well, I think that foreign policy is, is something that really um, is, is super important because ultimately it is a revolving around our nation. And I think a lot of people 
Um, you know, when they go to the voting booth, they see inflation. They see the stuff that really hits hits their pocketbook or hits their wallet. And so, and that is important too. That's very, very important. But I think that foreign policy could stay to bring bring itself more up into the more of the front of minds of voters. And here's why: um, foreign policy, as we've seen, we've seen the rise of aggression amongst many countries, including Russia um, and China. And it's very, very concerning to me um, because we're in a lot of debt as a nation. And you know, I mean, if Russia starts taking over all these countries and just doesn't stop, then that's uh, using a lot of resources from uh, not only the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, but um, as well from the United States and, and other countries as well. And I think that, you know, as far as policy positions go, um, I am supportive of Ukraine, but I also think that, you know, and of course I'm not a member of Congress, so I don't see everything that comes across, my de- across their desk. But um, I think that, you know, we need to make sure that the money that we're sending there and the equipment that we're sending there is being used there for the right reasons and that it's being um, allocated in the right ways to the right um, people and and making sure that it's going to the right reasons and not just sending free money because, of course, we don't have that much money to send free when realistically we don't have any money. But, of course, there have been a lot of bills that have passed recently that, you know, like the Inflation Reduction Act, you know, let's try passing a bill that doesn't cost billions – uh, to reduce inflation because that's not going to reduce inflation. But, you know, in Washington, I feel like you can kind of get in the mindset of some people of just, you know, money isn't really a factor there kind of thing. And just, you know, yeah. they can sometimes spend a little too much. Um, but I think that foreign policy really is an important, such an important thing to, to get back in front of the mind of voters. Absolutely. I mean, I think now more than ever we see that. I think China is absolutely becoming a threat. And I think uh, sometimes, I think there's been different times in American history where maybe we've gone a little easy on them. But I think that they are absolutely a threat. They do not have our best interests at heart. They are not for us. Then you look at other situations with Russia where they're just kind of running amok and uh, attacking Ukraine. And they've attacked Crimea in 2015. And I agree with what you said about Ukraine. I do want to help. You know, I, I think that we can... Uh, help them without giving them trillions of dollars, without sending boots on the ground. I don't love that we sent tanks, just because that does not look good from a state from a, from a warfare stance. If we're sending them tanks, then that can become that can escalate things very quickly. But I mean, I think there's other ways. I think helping the actual people of Ukraine is very important. But you also look at uh you know situations in the last you know six years where we've had a lot of foreign policy. Issues, but it really matters. I think it matters that we uh, we really want to uh, take care of America and have their best interests. So I think that's a, absolutely a big factor. Another thing is when you talk about money, you know, we, we have a negotiation. Speaker McCarthy, who was just in, who just got elected speaker two weeks ago with the Republican majority we now have, uh, he, he's meeting with Biden tomorrow to talk about the debt ceiling. That's been an issue for years and years, and every once in a while you got to. You know, we set the debt ceiling. But we have this thing where it's like, we're so far gone with our spending that you can't quite understand it. Because when you talk about trillions of dollars, that means if I put a dollar down every second, I won't finish it for the rest of my life. So we're spending so much money, we're so in over our heads in debt, and we just keep putting it and putting it. And what's happening is the value of the dollar is, is, is we're losing the value of the dollar. Which, if your dollar isn't worth anything, then you really can't expect it to do much. 
So I think that's an important issue too. Economics is something that I'm I'm really fascinated with and just the economy and things like that and see how kind of all the players, whether it be economic, foreign policy, things that apply at home with domestic policy, social issues, see how they kind of all interact with each other and make up kind of this big uh, instrument. Right, definitely, definitely, definitely does. And I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, the economy and foreign policy kind of go hand in hand because, um, you know, when when stuff starts to happen, uh, you know, it really hits the uh, the markets and hits the inflation and, and kind of just messes with everything. But I think you're right that the spending, uh, you know, we 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 almost started over our heads, you know, just with spending uh, constantly. But I mean, you know, to me, you're right. We're we're in, in my understanding, and probably in, and likely in my lifetime, um, I don't see us repaying back the full amount of our debt. I would like to see us strive toward it. Um, I just don't see it being a possibility in my lifetime to be able to pay it all back because that's a lot, a lot of money. And like you said, you know, there are things that you do need to continue to spend for. And I think that there are numerous bills that are important to spend on and put money in. I mean, I think that, you know, I think um, – of say South Carolina, for example, I mean, our our roads are not the greatest right now, and we we do have um, some of the, some remaining. I believe I heard recently some remaining money from um, an infrastructure package that was passed. I don't remember if that was state or federal. I don't remember which package it was, but I believe that there is uh, infrastructure stuff going on. And I know that as I travel uh, to Columbia, travel down twenty six, um, there's that construction and there's construction all over the state with roads and bridges that's all important stuff that we that we can be focused on but again you know the money it, it is being spent at a quite quite a rapid rate and uh quite a, quite expensive absolutely and i think that's another thing too i think that's also has a lot to do with the state is infrastructure and we, you know that's something that's that's extremely important too because we just passed an infrastructure bill at the federal level that really didn't do very well as in you know fixing the roads per se i mean i think you never want North Carolina to outdo us in anything. But, I mean, I think North Carolina has better roads than South Carolina does right now. So I think it's important. You know, General Assembly has passed infrastructure bills in the past. I think we do need some to continue with the roads. And I understand that's a very complicated issue. You have to look at the Department of Transportation. You have to look at the South Carolina Department of Transportation, you know, getting the state legislatures involved with that. And I've talked with some people over there about that and just exactly the complicated issue that it is, but I don't think that makes it any less uh, important and something that we do need to fix. Because I think, you know, that almost even ties into beautification as well and making sure that our state looks nice. If we don't have high quality infrastructure, then we don't have a high quality state in many issues. Now, of course, we do have a great state, but at the same time, I think that is something that, you know, it's always an issue with people. You always, you know, talk about, oh, what's an issue in this election? Just fix the woes. I think that's a lot of people, you know, kind of the everyman, kind of where I live in kind of one of the more rural areas. I think that's a lot of people's concerns as well. Right. So I think that, yeah, I think so. So uh, speaking of uh, Speaker McCarthy, uh, we just had, you know, this time last year, Democrats had the House, Senate, and the presidency. 2020 election. We got the House. We didn't quite get the Senate, um, but we do have the House. So what is something, what, what is your take on all that? Of course, all the drama that was with uh, the speakership election, and uh, what do you want to see us do as a House majority in the next two years? Well, 
Right. Well, I, I was definitely disappointed we didn't win the Senate. I thought that, you know, we had some great opportunities. Uh, but I definitely think that 2024, we, we can absolutely win the Senate back. I think that that really shouldn't be a problem. But as far as the House goes, um, the House is, is really important. Um, and I think that, you know, there's some investigations that may go on, I've heard. Um, and I've heard that numerous, um, you know, that committee assignments are, I believe, have been assigned in the House. Um, I know numerous people from South Carolina are now on, I believe, Oversight Committee, Judiciary Committee, two very powerful committees. Um, and so that that is – and then we got uh, Ralph – your congressman, Ralph Norman, got on the Rules Committee. Um, I think that the whole drama with the speaker vote was, you know, something that honestly I, – I, I don't remember the amount of votes. I remember I was – I watched almost every single one of those votes. Um, I did too. I know, and, and I even watched, I think it was like 2 a.m. by the time they wrapped up the final one that mm -hmm. finally got declared a Republican speaker. But um, but the thing about it was, is like the frustration to me was looking at it, I'm thinking, you know, let's just get all on the table, have a conversation, you know, figure out who's the best nominee that we can put forward and all just unite behind the nominee because, you know, I mean, I think it goes even to say in um, after the primaries, you know, I mean, after the Republican primaries, I think that you just have to unite behind uh, your candidates unless there is a significant, significant, significant reason, you know, why you shouldn't unite behind them, you know, like a really bad allegation could come forward or something like that if, um, if you know, that's, that's valid and all. But I think that, you know, we just need to start being able to unite behind our nominees. Um, but, you know... Speaker McCarthy, I think that he's already started off doing a good job uh, as Speaker. I think he's led uh, a, a good group of Republicans. I just hope that he's able to kind of keep uh, both both the sides kind of together. Uh, as, he, as he has the Freedom Caucus as well as he has the uh, more middle-of-the-road Republicans. And I just think that he is going to do a good job. Now, that's not to say, you know, two years. I don't know what – I mean, if we get a really big majority, which I hope we do in the House um, – you know, we, we may not, we could have a different speaker. I, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I do think that right now, uh, Speaker McCarthy seems to be doing a pretty good job. I couldn't agree more. I think that, you know, he's going to be good. You know, I mean, the, the Republican Congressional Caucus met, I mean, not caucus, conference, met uh, before the next Congress took session and elected him as the nominee. So I think they should have. You know, and and look, it's easy for me to play armchair congressman and say if I was in there, I would have voted this way or I would have voted that way. I think the concessions that we did that that war eventually passed were good things, but I think McCarthy is going to do a great job. I really do. I, I think I would have voted for him if I had been in there, but um, I'm looking forward to that. And again, I, I think we're going to get the Senate in 24. We have a lot more vulnerable seats when you look at states like West Virginia, when you look at states like Montana and Ohio and just things like that. Uh, I mean, there's many more. But also, uh, I think what everyone's, now that all the smoke from the midterm elections is over, you know, we don't waste time. So talking about 2024, I think that's going to be kind of an interesting election. I don't think it's, it's, it's so hard to have a conversation about it right now just because we really don't know what it's going to look like just because it's so early. But at the same time, you know, I think yeah, of course, President Trump is going to run. Uh, it looks like, you know, I think I think we'll have to see. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, but it looks like Biden is going to run for re-election. But from a Republican standpoint, I think there will be other people on there other than Trump. You know, I think uh, 
Of course, everyone is looking to see what DeSantis is going to do. I think if he does get in that race, which I think he will, I think he's going to be a polarizing figure. But also, as South Carolinians, you know, I really think Nikki Haley is about to run. I think uh, I've heard some talk about Tim Scott. I personally doubt that, but if he does, then good for him. And uh, maybe former Vice President Mike Pence. What is your take on that, and just kind of what direction would you like to see it happen. I know you haven't endorsed anybody. I haven't either. I'm waiting to see what ends up happening when we really do kind of have a bigger number. But uh, what do you think about that? I, I do think it's interesting. Um, and I think what will make it even more interesting is if we do hear an announcement soon from uh, Governor DeSantis. I've heard from, uh, I saw something, I think today, that came across my phone that said he might be uh, announcing sometime soon. I've heard people say that he might wait for the end of their legislative session and maybe get um, some more laws passed. Um, but I, I think that if he doesn't run, I think that'll be something interesting because uh, I would say a lot of people are still behind President Trump. And um, and so I think that, you know, when you have people, say like Nikki Haley who wants to run or Tim Scott or Mike Pence, um, I think that those are the type of people that'll be ones to watch. You know, who can who can come in? And, you know, kind of fill DeSantis's shoes almost. And, and again, nobody's going to fill his shoes because he's super popular. Nobody's, I'm not saying that, but, you know, who's going to kind of take, go in his lane, you know, if he doesn't run. So I think that'll be interesting, too. Like you said, I haven't endorsed anyone. Uh, I know that President Trump visited South Carolina um, the other day, and I, I did watch that and uh, on TV, but... I do think it would be really interesting just to see, uh, again, we're the first in the South primaries, which I really am thankful for, because it really shows, you know, that we're, we're, you know, we're big and we're bold and we're ready to, you know, tell the American people to say, hey, we have a voice and you know what, we're keeping the Electoral College so we can still have a right uh, to vote. And, um, and, you know, I think that that's really something that is important. So 2024, I'll definitely be keeping my eyes on, uh, seeing who, seeing kind of who runs and, and who does. I do think as South Carolinians, it'll be interesting with the effect if, if both Tim Scott and Nikki Haley both run. I definitely think that Nikki Haley's probably going to run. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'm like you, I don't, I don't know about Tim Scott. I heard that he's going to Iowa, I think, the other day for yeah. something. But, um, but I, I don't know if he's, I haven't actually met him. I don't know if he's going to run. Um, but I, it'll be something to watch. I definitely think it'll be fun and interesting. I think so, too. And I think, uh, you know, of course, DeSantis is kind of what everyone's looking at right now. And I, and I, and I love DeSantis. I really do. I, th- I, I think if the election's today I would, and he was running, I'd probably vote for him. Or it's not probably I would. But I think uh, it, it, it is really early to tell. So it, it, we have a long ways to go, I think. So, um, okay, so how old are you, 17, 18? I'm 17. 17. So you've got a long life ahead and clear ahead in politics. Where would you like to go as you kind of get into adulthood, kind of establish uh, whatever you want to do and things like that? Where would you like to kind of go in politics? Do you see yourself running for office one day? Do you see something else happening? What do you think? Well, I, I, I'm not going to deny it. I do definitely see myself running for office someday. Um, it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. It's not, not that... I want to do it for myself, but it's all—it's because I want to go and make a difference. Um, I've seen so many people around the country that, you know, just go just to build a name for themselves. And that's, that's not what I'm for. I'm, I want to be, you know, serving the people. And, you know, I love uh, 
you know, just constituent service and just seeing, you know, and a lot of my close friends who are state reps or state senators, and I love seeing them be able to work and to serve the constituents because I think that that is so important because, you know, constituent service is why you're there and you're there to represent them. You're there to know how they think. And I think that one of the biggest things is outreach in your community and, you know, just the keeping, keeping in touch with, um, with your um, representatives and senators. And I think that, you know, they should be able to keep in touch with you and, you know, be constantly out in the community having events. It shouldn't be only when you run for re-election. That's just my opinion because, you know, yes, I want to see you out on the campaign trail, see what your campaign ideas are. But when the election's over, I still want to see you out and showing, you know, what you what you promised and what you've delivered on because I think that that is so, so important. And I also think, you know, just – uh, for the people getting involved, you know, I know that there's been a lot of talk about, uh, you know, the, the voting board in the state house, uh, you know, just mm. being involved and watching that, seeing all that going on. Um, and I just think, you know, watching, watching the votes happen, seeing what, seeing what's going on, I think being informed is, is another great way. But yeah, I definitely could see myself running for office someday. Well, that's great. You talk about the voting board. That was a big controversy in the last couple of weeks. And I tell you, I, I like it. I like that they do it because, you know, Representative Josiah Magnuson from the, I think, 38th district, he always posts that. And uh, I've talked with him about it. He's been on the show before. And I think that's a great thing because we need transparency. We need to know that the way we are voting in the election and what people say on the campaign trail, those are the beliefs that they will hold throughout their term. So I think that's really important. And then for me, like for like for me personally, I would absolutely, you know, like to do something like that one day and whether that's at the local level uh i i don't think you know i would love to do that especially in where i live i think there's really a need for that and whether that's you know in the next election and the one after that what have you but um i think that would be really important as well but also whether that's at the state level or the congress level i mean i would love to be in congress i think that would be you know really just uh a nice experience to really solve you know the people here in uh, Washington or in Columbia and really make sure that their needs heal are being held where the decisions are really being made. But absolutely, I think I think a lot of people get in it for the wrong reason. They get in it for themselves, to make a name for themselves. But it's I'm really about solving community. And if, you know, we use the word politician, you're really a public servant. You're solving the public. And that's not always going to be the most glamorous thing. It will a lot of times because of the way our system is set up. But at the same time, at the end of the day, you're there to solve us. So I think we lose that a lot of times. But yeah, I would love to. And I would love to see you do that too. I think you would be great. So well, I appreciate that. Absolutely. I think that um, there's definitely a need for that. I think it's going to be so interesting because you look at the way that this generation, and when I say that, you, I mean people in our age bracket, as they grow up and as the times change for that, you know, people always say, you know, I look at people, you know, my parents' age and my grandparents' age, and, you know, the way that they behave in society, kind of look at the way that it's about to be, you know, we're on deck, about to go up and have to kind of be that as well. So I think it'll be interesting to see that happens. But I think we're going to need, when you talk about ideology and the way that that's kind of thrown around a lot, I think we're going to need people like you and me who have good ideologies that came from, you know, good homes to really make sure that those uh, ideas are still around in the next generation. I really believe that. Right, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. All right, so as we kind of begin to wrap up a little bit about it at the 40-minute mark, 
what would you like to see uh, next few years with yourself as you continue to grow uh, with what you're doing? And uh, any advice you might have for me, whether that's getting involved with politics, with uh, the podcast, or anything else like that. But just as a, someone that's kind of around your age wanting to get out in the world. Well, I definitely encourage everybody to just be involved. Just, um, you know, know who you're voting for. And, you know, one of the biggest things for me is this, is like signing up to help people phone call. Uh, that's a big part of the grassroots effort of campaigning. And, you know, just to do that is so important to me. And so, like, I go, and I'm, again, a lot of a lot of knowledge apparently in my brain, and I, I don't even know how it all gets there. But anyways, um, but, like, I look around the country, and I found, um, you know, in congressional elections and Senate elections, those are, like, the two of my biggest things that I look at. But um, the last cycle, there was a local congressional candidate, uh, you know, was just a local mother running for the right reasons. In, 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 a, in a congressional race in Georgia, open congressional seat, and I signed up to phone bank for her, and I did. And unfortunately, you know, she wasn't victorious in the primary. But, you know, it, it's things like that, finding those candidates who you can see, um, you know, you volunteering for. And, you know, because realistically speaking, in, in the United States House of Representatives, um, you know, in, in the state of South Carolina, I've always been able to, you know, reach – um, my senators very well. I've always been able to reach, um, you know, I've, I've typically always called Ralph Norman for any issues because his staff is very, very good. Oh, yeah. And always just said, you know, I, and every time I see him, I joke, I'm like, you know, you are my congressman because I, I call your staff and very good staff. But I mean, as far as that, I mean, just reaching your representatives, we have a very easy job to do that. I mean, uh, you know, my congressman is very easy. I know his staff. And so it's. Do you have Timmons? I do. I have okay. William Timmons. Um, so it's it's just so important to just reach out to not only be informed but to reach out to your representatives. Also keep up with how they're voting. And you know another thing I encourage is if you're concerned about an issue, um, either a write a letter or b uh, call your call your member. And because you know they'll they'll take um, you know they'll they'll look at your letter and they'll they'll. Um, They'll look at that, and I mean that's that's important because to make your voice heard. And you know, if you really want to, too, I mean, there are um, committee hearings, you know, in in the state house. And I, I, my understanding, I think, is that you should be able to go up and speak uh, in front of that committee. And, and I think you might have to sign up in advance or something. But if it's an issue you're passionate about, if there's a bill coming up, and you feel the need to want to speak, if you're an educator, if it's an education bill. Go down to Columbia and, and speak on it. I think that, that that's an important way to get uh, to your legislators, too. Or if you can't do that, if you're if you're in school, you know, go and uh, just call your representatives and do that. So I think that being informed, involved, all of that kind of goes hand-in-hand, just really just staying, uh, staying the course. And, you know, for you, Camden, I mean, you seem very, very knowledgeable. I definitely could see you running for office someday. And, you know, if, if you're where I can vote for you, I'd vote for you. Um, as long as you're not running against me, by the way. <laughs> of course, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, um, no, but I think that that too. Another point is, is accountability. You know, I mean, yeah. having um, having those people that might run against you. I mean, even if I, I like that person, you know, and they don't always vote the way that I want them to vote, but then that you know that's why we have primaries. So I think that that's important too, is recognizing that. It's not your seat. It's the people's seat. I think that that's really important, too. So that's kind of the ending message I would give. Well, that's great. 
Man, Porco, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll be in touch. We'll be talking after this, but uh, thank you very much for coming on. I enjoyed interviewing you.